without feathers. Chapter 4 The veal of venom was still affecting her. It was the worst coherent thought Hermione had when she stopped gagging over the toilet. She sank down on the floor, her stomach still rolling as she gripped the cool porcelain. Her stomach twisted again and she retched. She was dimly aware that Draco had followed her into the bathroom and was holding her hair back for her. His hands vanished as she sat back on her heels and stood, turning to the sink to hurriedly wash out her mouth. "'We can finish the conversation later,' she said, breathing heavily over the sink. Not that she wanted to go into greater detail about it, but she doubted Draco was prepared to drop the subject. He'd been waiting for her to figure it out. He'd probably been proposing constantly the way he had in the hopes that if he could bring her in on his family secrets... She'd find a way to break it for him. She wet her lips. I think the bite is still doing something to me. I need to go to St Mungo's. We can discuss the enchantments more after that. There was silence that was broken after a minute by a syncopated tapping sound. Draco's fingers were drumming on the doorframe as he watched at Hermione through hooded eyes. She brushed her teeth and tried to rake her hair into some semblance of submission. Granger he said as she was putting her toothbrush away. There's... There's one other thing I need to tell you, now that I can. What is it? Hermione slipped past him, hurriedly pushing fresh clothes out of her drasher. She pulled a bra on and clasped it, noticing distractedly that she was literally covered in bite marks. She rubbed the healed cut on her shoulder. It didn't feel irritated, but clearly something was still wrong. Her stomach felt knotted, and her nose was so oversensitive it was as if one unexpected scent was going to send her lunging for the toilet again. She was an idiot, so preoccupied with protecting her political career she'd been medically irresponsible. She should have insisted on going straight to St Mungo's, wings or not. Vila magic is unusual when compared to other magical beings, she absently heard Draco saying. Mm, she heard as she rummaged in her drawer for sensible knickers. Gracious, she hoped she wasn't going to get asked when the last sexual activity she had was. If she had to admit that after being attacked by Vila, she'd gone home and had sex, she was going to die for mortification. When Vila marry wizarding folk, Draco was wittering on and on in the background. Vila magic only manifests in female offspring. If they can have male children, the sons are carriers of the magic gene, but... The Vila magic is predominantly dormant. It won't re-emerge until a female is born. Would black knickers look conservative or suggestive? Hermione supposed she should wear white, but she didn't want to seem prudish either, especially if she had to admit at having sex within the last half an hour. Not that the healers necessarily would even see her knickers, now that she thought about it. Black would be fine. She slipped them on and realised that Draco was still talking as she pulled on a pair of trousers. What's interesting is that when carried by males, the Vila magic doesn't dilute. It remains indefinitely in the bloodline, similar to the way malediction can be carried into the target to gender is born. Hermione was trying to find a shirt high-necked enough that it would cover bites everywhere on her neck and shoulders. Was there anywhere Draco hadn't nipped her? The healers were definitely going to see those. Did she have any myrtle of essence left? No, she'd use it all up on Ron and Ginny when they'd got sunburned. Bugger. She'd never known anyone capable of sunburning as comprehensively as the Weasleys. It was a family trait right along with the red hair. 
She froze, blinking down at her shirts for several seconds as her subconscious suddenly finished processing all the information she'd only been half listening to. No. It couldn't. He couldn't possibly... She slowly turned around. Draco had already redressed and was across the room, adjusting the buttons on his robes, as he continued to talk rapidly about matrienal and patrienal bloodlines in Vila. She studied at him, noticing his startling, soul-searing silver eyes, his pale and flawless skin the colour of milk, his extremely platinum blonde hair, and his very, very narrow features. Draco, she said, interrupting him. Did Vila have venom? He stopped mid-sentence and looked up at her, his mouth opening and closing several times as they stared at each other. He went pale. No, they do not. Hermione closed her eyes, wincing internally as she drew a slow breath. If, hypothetically speaking, a family who happened to have a male-only bloodline enchantment were to marry Avila, what would happen? She opened her eyes in time to see Draco swallowing. Well... His voice jumped and he looked down at his hands and shot his cuffs before spending several seconds fidgeting them away. In that hypothetical situation that we're hypothesizing about, the magic would just be carried in the bloodline. Indefinitely. All the males would be Vila, or the magic would concentrate over the course of several generations as other traits receded, but the Vila genes remain undiluted. Hermione raised an eyebrow. Any examples of what exactly that might look like? Draco's cheeks were staining scarlet, while the rest of him managed to turn even more pale. Oh, well, you know, hypothetically all sorts of things could happen. Hermione's mouth pursed as she stared sourly at him. Where do you imagine this concentrated Vila magic could manifest? Hypothetically. Well, Draco rubbed the back of his neck. You see, because the magic is so potent after, say, four or five generations, it begins... I mean, it's not unheard of for it to... I mean, in theory, it could... He choked and said something indecipherable. Hermione raised an eyebrow again. Say that again? He pressed his hands together, steepling his fingers. Since it's female magic he said slowly, avoiding her eyes. Sometimes the Vila's mate, wife, I mean the wife, uh, might begin manifesting Vila magic during, well, during a pregnancy. Hermione's mouth went dry and her life's ambitions flashed before her eyes. What kinds of manifestations? Draco was beginning to perspire. Well, their hair can turn white-blonde, not necessarily all the way, but streaks of this. Narcissa Malfoy's mysterious badger-striped hair instantly came to mind, and Hermione's hand crept towards her right temple, where that mortifying cluster of white hairs were. Anything else? Draco gulped. Sometimes. Sometimes they... Well, you know it's a defence mechanism for Vila to transform... In moments of stress or danger, it's not uncommon for them to... They can occasionally... 
I mean, I'm not saying it necessarily would happen, but it's possible that they might sprout wings and transform, Hermione said, her voice flat. There was a pause. A pregnant pause, both literally and figuratively, as Draco stared at her, guilt written across his face. This simply couldn't be happening today. Not today. Not this month. Did the universe not know she had a legislation coming up? A very meticulous planned career. She was supposed to be Minister of Magic in 15 to 20 years. She had a fundraising brunch tomorrow. Maybe she shouldn't have let herself get mildly intoxicated when at public events, just because she knew it would result in sneaking off with Draco. But she couldn't be expected to be perfect all the time. They stood staring at each other in silence until Hermione spoke again. How? I'm... Sixty... He broke off, staring at the ceiling as though mentally calculating. Thirty-five percent. Well, he hedged. Twenty. No. He inhaled and met her eyes. About twelve percent certain we've cast a contraceptive charm every time. However, he held up one hand as if to ward her off from hexing him. We were fairly drunk the last few times and the efficiency of the contraceptive charm is not a hundred percent, even with perfect charm work. Hermione glared, suddenly finding herself overcome with the urge to throttle him. You knew! From the moment you saw me with wings, you knew you'd gotten me pregnant! And instead of telling me, you thought we should... She threw her hands in the air. Have sex! He ducked as though he thought she was flinging something at him. For the record... That is a proven method for helping the winds retract. There are journals attesting to it. My great-grandmother had severe mood swings when pregnant with grandfather of Braxis, and it was the only sure way of getting rid of them. Hermione did not want to know why Draco had spent any amount of time learning about his great-grandmother's pregnancy sex life. The man was a menace. He should be jailed for running around sexually transmitting velarism to unsuspecting witches who just wanted a nice, quick fuck with their fake boyfriend. Was that such an unreasonable thing to want? Was that really where the universe was going to draw the line for her? She was certain no Malfoy in the history of Malfoys had even thought through a goddamn thing in their life. The sheer idiocy of layering on bloodline enchantments and then bringing in an unknown element like Vila magic was truly mind-boggling. They should be institutionalised, a lot of them. The room was beginning to turn red. However... Draco seemed to realise that she was growing murderous, and his voice became plaintive. I was improvising. We weren't engaged. The bloodline enchantment wouldn't let me explain, and I didn't want you to find out at St Mungo's. Even then, as long as we aren't engaged, I wouldn't have been able to tell you why or how. Hermione stood fuming, magic crackling on her fingertips and bleeding across her shoulders. Draco scuttled sideways and was attempting to hide behind a bedpost. Hermione. Hermione, don't take this the wrong way, but please calm down. Hermione thought she might combust. I'm being extremely calm for a very busy woman with an extremely important career who just found out that she is pregnant and is making her sprout harpy wings. Draco poked his face out enough to show a visibly offended expression. They're not harpy wings. Vila wings are completely distinct from harpies. Harpies have talons at the elbow of the wings. 
The scale patterns are horned. Malfoy, if you don't shut up. The magic was sizzling between her fingertips, and her shoulders were itching. Draco blanched and ducked. Hermione, I mean this as inoffensively as possible. If you get any angrier, you'll transform. And if you transform, you'll probably throw a fireball at me. It will burn down your entire house, and I think you will feel very upset about that afterwards. He peeked out at her from behind the bed. If you really want to throw fireballs at me, we can go to the manor. There are rooms there that have been fireproofed specifically for these types of situations. And you could throw as many fireballs at me as you think I deserve. Hermione stood, seething. She did want to throw a fireball at him, now that she thought about it. However, he was right in assuming that she would be extremely cross if she burned down her own home. She turned away, giving a small scream of frustration. Then she squeezed her hands into fists and forced herself to draw several slow breaths, before turning back to glare at Draco. He was standing now, but still looking ready, to dive behind the bed again at a moment's notice. All right, then. She was trying to sound calm and reasonable. What? What does it even mean? How does all this work with Vila? Draco wet his lips, looking suddenly more nervous than he'd been while trying to tell her about the pregnancy. Well, there's one other thing I should probably mention. Hermione's stomach immediately knotted itself. How on earth could there possibly be more... Was being pregnant by an idiot Vila not enough of a wrench in Hermione's circumstances? Vila... He was avoiding her eyes and still looking very guilty. Don't just get married. They have a mate. One particular person they find and fall in love with. It's not entirely different from normal human relationships, but it's more... Invested and... Um, committed for Vila once it happens. They stay in love. There's no going back on it once it happens. He said it like it was terrible news. Hermione started staring blankly at him for several seconds, trying to process and integrate the information in all of the other revelations of the day. Then the implication of what he was saying crept over her. Draco had a mate. Someone he was extremely, deeply in love with. Someone who was obviously not Hermione, since he told her that a sexual relationship with her was meaningless, that having feelings weren't even in the realm of possibility, that she was ridiculous to even ask him about a relationship. Oh. Hermione finally managed to find her voice. I see. He looked up at her, his tongue nervously wetting his lips. I know all of this is a lot. I'll understand if you're upset. She blinked and swallowed. Upset? Why would I be upset? It's fine, she said, feeling as though something inside her had died. I'm not upset at all. She inhaled, forcibly trying to keep her mind on track. How does that kind of relationship work with the influence of the bloodline enchantment? Draco brightened and seemed somewhat more at ease at that question. It wasn't supposed to happen. The second enchantment was created specifically to control that aspect of Vila behaviour, by forcing the heirs to keep their distance from anyone they might develop feelings for, and thereby without opportunity to potentially develop a mate bond. I assumed that's unless my father gave in. She stopped listening. He was saying something else about how he'd realised it because he was alone for too long, and it made him feel like he was going to die. Hermione didn't want to hear about it. She just kept staring at him. 
blinking hard as she tried to think rationally about the situation. She was, after all, a very rationable, sensible type of person, who wouldn't get emotional about minor things like Draco Malfoy being in love with someone else. It wasn't as if she'd ever thought they'd be in a real relationship. An accidental pregnancy wouldn't change anything, and she certainly hadn't expected it to. It was fine. She had a very fulfilling career, a whole list of individually selected ambitions that she was very fond of. She was going to make a difference in the world. She was going to be Minister of Magic. She didn't need a man. She could buy a vibrator. And a cat. A cat would be much better companionship than Draco. It would probably tear less of her clothing, too. It would never complain that she worked too much or drag her out of her office midday because there was a restaurant with French onion soup that was to die for, and French onion soup was simply not as good when eaten by oneself. A cat would never get into an argument with her about how digestives didn't qualify as lunch, or redecorate her office without permission. Her life would be much simpler with a cat. Hermione should be grateful that Draco had a mate to preoccupy him. He'd probably be even more of a nuisance otherwise. It was difficult to imagine Draco being even more annoying than he was. Once Hermione helped him with his bloodline enchantment, he'd obviously disappear from her life entirely. That would be for the best. Her nose and eyes burned and she blinked. She was clearly having an allergic attack because she was allergic to Vila. She realised that Draco had stopped talking and was staring expectantly at her. It seemed that she was supposed to say something, and she had no idea what to say. All right, she felt as though there was a stone lodged in her throat. That's fine. Her voice was mechanical. She wasn't sure what he was expecting her to say. Was she intended to congratulate him? She wanted to leave. Are you sure? Draco's nervous energy seemed to have evaporated, and now he looked anxious again. He edged towards her, extending a hand as though to steady her. You don't look... I don't need you fussing over me, Hermione said, jerking away and feeling savage. I said I'm fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. She inhaled raggedly and then squared herself up, putting her hands on her hips. What? Are you hoping I'll be upset? You were very clear about what kind of relationship we have. I didn't need an excuse. It's not as though I thought you really wanted to marry me, or that you suddenly would now because I'm pregnant. Why don't you go bother your mate and stop pestering me? I'm a... Her voice wobbled. Very, very busy person. She wanted to curl up in bed and never leave her house again. Wait, who do you think my mate is? Draco suddenly appeared baffled. I'm sure I haven't the faintest idea, Hermione snapped. It's not as though I have the leisure time to keep up with whatever immoral things you're off doing with God knows who whenever you're on your own. She turned away from him, hoping he would take the hint and go away. There was a long pause. What? The question seemed to explode from Draco. Hermione turned sharply with surprise. He looked half feral drawn up to his full height, his silver eyes glowing with outrage. His teeth flashed, gnashing, and he looked very much like if he could transform, he would be doing it. Wings, beak, fireballs and all. I... I don't... Draco spluttered. I have never... It's... You! You absolute moron! You idiotic genius! You're my mate! 
How could you possibly think it was anyone else? Chapter 5 Me! Hermione stared at him in astonishment. Draco appeared too indignant to be able to speak any longer. His hands were gesticulating wildly as though there were so many things he wanted to say all at once that he couldn't get any of them out at all. Me! she said again. I'm your mate. Yes, he finally managed to say, and looked ready to fling himself from the closest window. Christ, did did this really not ever occur to you? I said mate and you just assumed. Hermione inhaled unsteadily, and though her legs might give out, she also wanted to cry, but she was certain that it was just the pregnancy hormones. But you said... When I asked, you said it didn't mean anything. That was years ago. Well, I don't remember ever hearing you take it back. She thought she might start bawling with relief. She refused to be one of those pregnant witches that just cried about everything. So she instead consoled herself by being angry about how upset he'd managed to make her. He'd called her a moron. No one had ever called her a moron in her entire life. Why couldn't you just say it was me? Hermione, you're my mate. It's not even that many words. And why does everything have to be these convoluted, generalised monologues where you say things in the most roundabout way imaginable? Can you say anything outright? Or is rambling another bloodline enchantment your ancestors have managed to slip in you but just haven't bothered to mention it yet? It's something of a habit at this point. Draco was seething. You try being under an enchantment your entire life and see how good at being direct you are. He stepped back and appeared to be on the verge of dissolving into an inconsolable heap on the centre of the floor. It's not like I haven't been trying, but every time I managed to find a way of proposing that didn't trigger the enchantment, you'd break up with me and I'd have to start all over again. He waved a hand indignantly at her. Hermione froze and stared at him in astonishment. You mean, you meant those proposals? Yes. All of them. Hermione was aware that her jaw was hanging unattractively, but she was so flabbergasted she couldn't actually close it. Yes, I meant it every time. What did you think I was saying them for? He appeared to have moved rapidly through all the stages of grief and looked resigned at this point. You really... You didn't never occurred to you that I was in love with you. You thought that was all just fake. Hermione's heart jumped up somewhere in the approximate vicinity of her vocal cords, and she nearly sniffled. However, she was still offended that he'd expected her to assume he was in love with her, after he'd specifically said he didn't like her. If that was how it worked, then about half the politicians in the ministry were apparently also passionately in love with her. She put her hands on her hips. You said it wouldn't happen that it was out of the question, and acting like I was some kind of simpering knave for even asking. If you want people to divine that you're secretly in love with them, maybe you shouldn't say things like that, or say it's a joke after proposing the first time. It's not as if I planned it, he said plaintively. I didn't think I could develop romantic feelings for anyone. That was the whole idea of the enchantment, to prevent heirs from really falling in love. It's not like I hadn't tried to get around it before I approached you. I was supposed to be impossible. When you asked about an actual relationship, I panicked. 
How was I supposed to know that I'd somehow managed to fall in love with you anyways? He made a futile gesture. Hermione exhaled, feeling as if she'd forgotten to breathe for the last several minutes. Her mind was busy spinning, a sense of giddiness rushing through her down to her toes. Draco was in love with her. All this time he'd actually been in love with her. Not only that, she was his mate. This was a permanent arrangement. No one else. Just her. He was all hers, forever and ever. The day had managed to abruptly transform itself from one of the worst in recent history to possibly the best one she'd ever had. If she was Draco's mate, did that make him her mate too? She wasn't sure about the ins and outs of the biology. Draco would surely know. He'd better. If he was going to go around knowing about his great-grandmother's sex life during pregnancy, it had better be because he was deeply and extensively versed in all things Vila. She wanted to laugh aloud at the thought of how Lucius was going to react to the news. His determination to control Draco had managed to backfire spectacularly. But never mind that, she didn't want to think about Lucius. He'd never even thought about being a mate, despite working in the magical creatures department. It wasn't something she'd contemplated for herself personally. What did being a Vila's mate mean exactly? Would this give them secret mate powers? Were there rituals involved? How does it work with mates? Do you have to bite me or something? Draco looked up distractedly at her. What? For mating, she said, trying not to look invested. Do you bite me? Is there a magical bond? Or do we have some kind of elaborate ritual? Is there an exchange of blood? I've, I've never read up on mating. Bite you? Draco appeared flummoxed. Why would I... No, I don't bite you. We don't mate mate. I mean, he blushed. Obviously we did, but not ritualistically. You're my mate because that's who you are to me. There's no biting involved. Oh. Hermione tried to conceal her disappointment. Draco's left eyebrow crept upwards and a glint appeared in his eyes as the air of despondency around him seemed to suddenly evaporate. Do you want me to bite you? Hermione's face grew warm. I didn't say that. Draco shifted, moving towards her in a slow, intentional prowl. I most certainly can bite you. His voice had a relentless quality to it. If that's what you want. What? Her voice jumped in the most treacherous way as she backed up. Why would I want to be bitten? Why would anyone want to be bitten? Her ears were burning, and her face was so warm she thought the room might combust. I was simply trying to establish the facts of this situation. I haven't exactly researched it. It's not like I was ever planning to fall in love and marry a magically repressed Vila. Draco stopped short and looked belligerent. That's not... I'm not repressed. I mean, technically, I suppose you could call it... You know what? Never mind. He waved a hand as though trying to banish the line of thought. Call it what you want. You're going to marry me. He had a very predatory expression on his face. Hermione drew herself up and nodded, desperate to talk about anything other than the biting fetish she apparently had. Obviously, your family is in dire need of someone with basic common sense, ideally who's clever enough to remove the two bloodline enchantments your ancestors were idiotic enough to cast. She tapped her foot, 
mentally rearranging her calendar to accommodate research on blood enchantments. And Vila. And pregnancy. And parenting. For heaven's sake, she was going to have to buy a whole new set of calendars. She sighed, still feeling cheated on one point. You're sure there isn't any kind of mating bite? Draco leered. I'm more than happy to bite you in any way you want me to. He was stalking her again. He seemed to do that rather often, now that she thought about it. An electric thrill shot down Hermione's spine, and she didn't even have time to bolt before he sweeped in and captured her, kissing her hungrily. She wrapped her arms around his shoulders and got her legs up around his hips, nearly scaling him in order to achieve the height and angle she wanted. She'd always liked kissing Draco, but she'd never felt that it was something she could indulge in herself. It wouldn't do to seem overly fond of a fake boyfriend. However, now he was her mate. Her fiancé. Or was it the other way around? She was pretty sure it went both ways. Either way, now she could kiss him as much as she pleased. She made a happy, purring sound against his lips as she nibbled at them, tangling her fingers in his ridiculously blonde hair. If she was going to be going around sprouting vela wings intermittently and being a mate, she was definitely entitled to as many kisses as she wanted. And sex. Real, slow sex with a bed. She kissed him more vigorously. You'll really marry me, he said as he dragged her lips closer. Yes, she said with a little moan, gripping his robes and tightening her legs around his hips. Promise? Yes, definitely, she said breathlessly. He growled in response. Oh goodness, he was possessive. She didn't know how she hadn't noticed sooner how very possessively his hands wrapped around her waist and tangled in her hair the ruthless way his lips found hers, and he drew her tight against his body. "'God, I love you,' he said radically. Her heart did a series of somersaults at the words, and she gripped him closer. "'You're not upset with me?' he said, as he peppered her with face kisses. Hermione was dozing in Draco's arms afterwards when she heard the fiery roar of the flu down the hall. "'Hermione! Hermione, are you here?' Harry called loudly from her office. Hermione started and slung her arm over her face, cursing as she remembered leaving her flue open. She gave a small groan before rousing herself and twisting to find something to pull on. Oh, hold on! I'll be right there, Harry! The fuck does Potter want? Draco sounded half asleep, and he refused to budge as Hermione tried to squirm free and grab a robe. Some case, most likely. I consult sometimes. She managed to snag Draco's shirt off the floor and tried to find the sleeves. She raised her voice again. Just a minute! Wait in the office! Uh, Hermione, why are you... Harry walked straight into the bedroom just as Hermione sat up to pull on the shirt while Draco lay draped across her, refusing to let go and unapologetically nude. Ron was a step behind Harry. They both stopped and stood staring with their expressions of horror. Harry! Ron, get out! Hermione's voice seemed to snap them out of their shock. Oh, God! Harry clamped a hand over his eyes. Get out! Hermione shouted again. What are you doing here? She rapidly pulled the shirt on, wrenching herself free from Draco and heard Harry and Ron forcefully from her bedroom. 
Someone blind me, Ron was saying loudly as he was shoved through the doorway. After this bloody day, I can't believe you made me come to see that. Hermione pulled the door closed and then crossed her arms, scowling menacingly at them both. I certainly didn't ask you to. What do you want? Harry was an even combination of traumatised and offended. We came here to check on you. Hermione rolled her eyes. Of all the days that they'd choose to check on her, as if she needed minding anyway. She scoffed. Well, as you can both see, I'm fine, and clearly having a better day than you. She wrinkled her nose as she paused to fully take in their rumpled appearances. They were both smeared in soot. Harry's hair was smouldering on one side of his head, small wisps of smoke rising from the tips of a large cowlick. He smelled like a burning stable. Her stomach abruptly churned. She clamped her hand over her nose. What did you two get into? Harry looked down at himself. The aura department was called in to deal with a domestic dispute today. With what? Hermione looked over them and noticed with a large section of Ron's red aura robes were blackened. A dragon? Vila, Harry said shortly. Uh, Vila recently immigrated here because of her mate's job transfer. We were called in because a fight between them resulted in the healer transforming. She was flying around and whirling like a banshee, fireballs in both hands, and her mate was chasing after her on a broomstick, shouting in Serbian. We had to catch and restrain them both and obliviate an entire neighbourhood of muggles before we could sort it out. Hermione's eyes went wide. Is she all right? She realised the pang of guilt that she'd completely forgotten about Surveyor. Poor Surveyor. She must have been so upset over her mate. Ron made an indignant sound. She's fine. Harry and I are the ones who had to catch her before she flew over London. Had about twenty fireballs flung straight at my head. Anyway... Harry said pointedly. After we managed to catch and restrain them, and put out all the fires, then we had to wait for her to drop the transformation and track down a translator, since her husband spoke almost no English. We tried to get you called in, but you weren't in the office. So after a lot of shouting and more accidental transformations, we found out it was all caused by the misunderstanding with the Ministry. Hermione blinked. What? Harry sighed with the air of a man who had clearly joined the aura department in order to hunt down dark wizards and not respond to domestic disturbances involving fireballs. Apparently, the Ministry of Magic in Serbia also runs their wizarding bank. Mr Parshev, the human mate, was supposed to go to Gringotts to set up a separate savings account so he could send money home for his mother, but got turned around and ended up at the Ministry's bonding department and filed for separation from his wife instead. Someone from the Ministry dropped by to tell her, and then ran away without resolving the situation. Hermione's face grew red-hot. We got them to the bonding department, so they're sorting everything out now. The case will be sent over to the Department of Magical Creatures. We were worried you weren't at your office, so we figured we'd check that you were alright and catch up on the situation, since magical beings are your thing. Harry looked at Hermione with a woebegone expression clearly intended to communicate that walking in on her and Draco was dramatically worse than being hit with the fireball. Hermione scowled and folded her arms. I said I was coming. You came barging in. If you don't want to see certain things, you shouldn't walk into my bedroom without asking. The door was wide open, Ron said. Hermione levelled him with her most piercing stare. I live alone. If I want to have sex with Draco in the middle of my office desk... Or on my dining room table, I'm perfectly entitled to do so in my own home.
Personally, I've always wanted to fuck you on top of the piano. The door of Hermione's room had swung open, and Draco emerged with a swagger, dressed in his robes but sans shirt, given that Hermione was currently wearing it. Hermione's entire body grew warmer, and she emitted a small squeak as Draco's arms slid around her waist, his chin resting on the top of her head. Ron looked like he was on one suffering from a morning sickness and recalled from the banister. I'm never touching anything in this house again. Harry just snorted. And I thought you broke up with him. Ron was pointingly accusing at Miney, as if there could be anyone who'd recently broken up with Draco. Yes, Draco said, a sly leer overtaking his tone. Hermione is my ex-girlfriend. Guess how? Harry and Ron just stared blankly. Hermione rolled her eyes. He means we're engaged. Oh! Harry's eyes went wide. Uh, no, said Ron in the same instant. You swore that dating Malfoy would just be a phase. Admittedly, Hermione had said that. She'd never even considered trying to explain to Harry and Ron that she was fake-dating Draco due to complex political ambitions and mutual benefit. It was just the sort of thing they wouldn't be able to understand and would try to argue about her with. There'd been no point in even trying, and she wasn't going to begin wasting her time now. It was, Hermione said in a bland voice, leaning back against Draco's chest and feeling his arms tighten possessively around her. Now I'm moving on to a new phase that involves being married to him. Which brings me back to the point that we're celebrating our engagement right now. You're intruding. And why don't you two go home, take a shower, maybe try a hair regrowth potion or two, and leave us be? She eyed them pointedly. Unless you want to watch us christen the piano. In truth, she thought she might vomit if she had to keep standing there pretending not to be nauseated by the scent of Harry's burning hair. Much longer than she was going to be sick on his shoes. Ron blanched and bolted for the flu. Harry stood staring, his eyes narrowed in every very aura-like way that they did when he was determined to be suspicious about things that were none of his business. I'm happy for you, Hermione. If this is what you really want... Hermione lifted her chin and gripped Draco's arms around her tightly. It is. Harry gave Draco a look. You better take care of her, Malfoy. I'm her best friend and I'm not going to let anyone get away with hurting her. Thanks for the warning, Potter. Draco's tone was dripping acid and she could practically hear the sneer on his face. I think I would have forgotten who her best friends are if you didn't find it necessary to remind me every single time I see you. Harry appeared unmoved. Well, he's all yours, Hermione. He gave them one last look and then headed into Hermione's office and vanished through the flue. Hermione sighed with a relief and cast a spell in order to clear the air. The piano, hmm? Draco said after a moment. His voice sent an immediate shiver through her. His hands unlocked from around her waist and slithered down her hips, finding the hem of his shirt along her thighs and slipping his fingers under the fabric. Hermione's breath caught, and a tingling warmth spread through her back and down to her pelvis. It was your idea. I just wanted them to go away. If Harry stayed any longer, his hair was going to make me throw up again. Draco's wandering hands stilled. Are you all right now? She caught her lip between her teeth and parted her legs for him. Oh, yes. Her voice was breathless. They'd already had sex twice that afternoon, which should have been more than enough. 
but somehow it wasn't, and now she was making a rapid list of all the furniture and horizontal surfaces in her house that they needed to christen. Clever. Draco shifted behind her, and she felt his breath against the side of her neck as he brushed his lips along her shoulder, and his hands trailed up higher. Hermione bit her lip to hold in a moan and parted her legs further. "'You are terrifyingly talented at somehow getting whatever you want,' he said, his voice low against his fingers as they moved slowly upwards. Her breath caught in her throat. "'Not always,' she said with a small gasp as he stroked softly between her legs. "'It never seems to work with you.' He laughed and the vibrations rippled through her, turning her liquid inside. His fingers slipped into her core. "'Oh, it does.' You have no idea how well it works on me. He steered her over the pining against the wall. You managed to make me fall in love with you, when it was supposed to be impossible. I don't think there's a force in this universe that doesn't eventually bend to your will. Hermione started opening her mouth to argue that she most certainly had not made him fall in love with her, but he bit her. It was a sharp nip on her shoulder that made her keen as her knees buckled but he held her upright and nibbled his way across her shoulders. His other hand splayed possessively, protectively across her lower abdomen. My mate, he growled slowly in her ear. A shiver ran through her gut and pulled like molten heat between her legs. She bit her lip and nodded. I do anything you want. I will, always. Just say the word. He was breathing heavy against her neck. His shirt was sliding off her shoulders. She could feel the collar against the small of her back. She had rather liked the idea of the piano, but she wasn't sure her legs would cooperate enough to descend the stairs. She supposed the hallway was as good a place as any to christen. She slipped a hand behind her back and slid it down into his trousers, wrapping her fingers around him. He was already hardening again, and she gave a firm pump. "'I want you.' I just want you, she said, breaking off in a low whisper as his long fingers slid deeper and she clenched around him. Her voice died as her whole body trembled. She squeezed harder. Draco jerked his hips, bucking against her hand as she gave a hissing moan. He pinned her more firmly against the wall with his body and stood a moment, breathing harshly along the back of her neck. Do you? he said finally his voice somewhat strained. Expect this to horny for the entire pregnancy. Hermione tilted her head back to look at him and raised an eyebrow. I might be. Are you up for it, mate? That was one question that she didn't need him to answer aloud in order to be certain about. The hungry elation in his expression told her everything. Thank you for listening to A Thing Without Feathers. By Senlin Yu. Join us next time for more Dramini stories. Mm-hmm.